This episode of Bend the Knee is brought to you by our bannermen, Lord Jason of House Ross, Sir Jimmy of House Nuts, Master of the Web, Lady Dawn of House Wright, Sir Chris of House Farber, Lady Tracy of House Faw, Sir Peter of House Whittingham, Sandy the Dragon, Blood of Queen Daenerys, and Lady of Jameson, Lord Brett of House Fry, Lady Juliana of House Stradley, Sir David of House Fraser, Lady Liz of House Hendricks, Sir Matthew of House Perry, Lady Madeline of House Fritzel. This episode of Bend the Knee is protected by Lady Amanda of House Richardson, Sir Ryan of House Terbush, Lord Robert the Unfrozen of House Butler, Lord Paramount of Skagos Island, Lady Sarah the Unraveler. Our current champion is Lady Kira of House Arnold. Our current master of coin is Lord Jason of House Ross. Hello and welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt, the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Ezra, the Watchful. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Today we are into Aria 3 of A Clash of Kings. And in our Maester study, we will be discussing the House of the Dragon. But first, we have a special raven to discuss. We, we're going to, you know, kind of out the gate... Okay, yeah, so uh, we got this from uh, Lady Kathy over on our YouTube. She left a left a comment here, um, and uh, it's kind of a, kind of a big kind of a, a big theory. And uh, as and I have kind of broken it down, um, uh, there's some uh, we, we'll, we'll read it. Let's just let's just <laughs> we'll, we'll get we'll get to that here. Um, it says, how open minded are you guys? Well, we're pretty open minded. Uh, I have a question. She says, what if, and just consider the possibility, uh, you know, books and ignore the show, says, uh, consider the idea of Brandon Stark allowing Lyanna Stark to dress as a man and take the name of Ethan Glover and act as his squire where he could keep an eye on her. He says, yes, it totally disrupts a lot uh, in the book. And um, out-of-book assumptions, it opens the door to a dragon horde more questions. And remember the question uh, George uh, asks Dan and Dave of who is the mother, um, and he has, but they've never confirmed necessarily the you know the father. But it says, but what if Liana is Ethan Glover? Uh, so some things uh, to consider, and then as and I are going to go back and we'll kind of explain who Ethan Glover is and, and, and go from there. Um, it says consider the sword in Jon Snow's hand, right, which is uh, Longclaw, a House Mormont sword. Consider that there is an unnamed Glover that dies in childbirth that was married to Jorah first, right before he marries Lenice uh, Hightower. Um, consider the namesake born to Mage Mormont, Liana Mormont. Uh, consider how much Eddard Stark absolutely hates Jorah, right? Um, you know, slavery and stuff like that. Uh, and consider the oddity of the Mormons not seeming to care about a male heir um, until they learn that John is at the wall. Um, it kind of goes on a little bit further here. Um, says this doesn't necessarily change the possibility of her giving birth at the Tower of Joy. 
Um, we know that Ethan Glover is one of the people who goes with Ned to the Tower of Joy, but we don't. Uh, it says that Ethan Glover dies there, doesn't come back. But it does entirely throw into question of what is happening at the Tower of Joy and who might have been guarded. It could also make a baby swap easier. Uh, I think given the details we know, Brandon lost to Rhaegar. Um, crowning Lyanna was simply Rhaegar indicating who was going to be claimed as kidnapped. It avoids the question of who told Brandon um, by simply having him as an accomplice. The big Tower of Joy question is going to depend heavily on how committed to their vows the Kingsguard were. Would the commander Oswald uh, went and Arthur Dane disobey uh, the king? Remember, uh, Hightower was sent to have Rhaegar return. If you were the Mad King and your commander and two others didn't return, would you trust Rhaegar and the rest of your guard? Does it make sense uh, someone was being held to keep Rhaegar loyal uh, or for the king to simply ignore three of his guard that were not helpful in defending him? Uh, if you were Varys and the Mad King, how would you deal with a planned rebellion um, you learned the details of? Would you have your Kingsguard capture Rhaegar and imprison him at the Tower of Joy and let the rest play out? Let Brandon show up and capture and punish all of the houses involved? Um, the key to figuring out who um, Arthur would have wanted to keep Ned from. Does a sister make sense? Um then uh, a little further here, uh, another book reference that doesn't see a lot of play in the theories is Ned's internal commentary when watching Sansa um, begging to spare Lady. It's one of the few times Sansa is ever described as reminding anyone of Lyanna. Given his personality and reluctance to punish children, it's unlikely it was to spare a supposed son of Rhaegar. If she has always been at the, ta the tower, Rhaegar was already dead. So it couldn't have been to spare him because Robert had already done the job. It would need to be someone still alive, but someone Ned would have um, had killed. Uh, given the context, the belief uh, the belief Rhaegar kidnapped Lyanna and any child Lyanna would have ha uh, would be assumed to be Rhaegar's. John would have been in danger even if he wasn't a Targaryen, just as. Uh, Jane's would assumed to be Rob's until enough time had passed. The story that Liana had been kidnapped can't be exposed as false without people wondering who was actually being held at the Tower of Joy or other aspects of the story. So thank you, uh, Kath, Lady Kathy, for that. As so, let's uh, kind of break this down, give it some context, and kind of ex I guess explain it a little bit further um, as to what is actually kind of asked here. Okay, so uh, Lady Kathy, thank you again, yeah, for for sending this in. It's it's long. Uh, I'm I'm gonna do what I think is just a kind of a quick summary of what is you know when when you type stuff out, I, I just kind of a recap here. Okay, so the idea is that Ethan Glover, who is is he not? I think he's Brandon Squire, uh, mm -hmm. Brandon Stark's squire. So this is this is uh, Eddard Stark, Ned Stark's brother, right? We know. Brandon Stark goes down to King's Landing. We know that he's roasted alive, essentially, or that he, or that he's, no, he's not, um, his Rickard was, right? But he's there, he's killed at King's Landing. And we know that Ethan Glover is the only one who survives. So um, what Lady Kathy is kind of saying is that, is that maybe Leanne, that Leanna was actually Ethan Glover, was dressed up as, you know, 
um, his his squire in boy clothes or whatever and all that all that kind of stuff. Um, the interesting part was, and where I started to kind of understand where where she was going was when it was when she said that Brandon lost to Rhaegar, and it took me back to the tourney of Harren Hall. Kind of this idea that you were going to at the tourney of Harren Hall, you were going to present Rhaegar was going to you know kind of present to these other lords this idea that there should be a new king, uh, that we need to depose his father, uh, and and that, you know, Rhaegar was going to be next up, and they were going to kind of maybe, I don't know, vote on this or whatever. And, you know, Brandon loses to him. I'm not quite sure. I think that's just sort of a, Rhaegar, it's decided that Rhaegar's their guy. Um, now, I don't, so <clears throat> the whole bit about the, the kidnapping is a little bit, I'm trying, I'm trying to figure out how this, you know, would, would, would maybe play into it. But the idea is that the Mad King and Varys sniffed this out, that they found out that Rhaegar was plotting to remove his father and was plotting this with the other lords. And this is all speculation here. Okay, all speculation. If the Mad King figured that out, well, Mad King wasn't going to travel to the Tourney of Hall and does. The Mad King does show up at the Tourney of Hall. Boom, he's there. Surprise, everybody, I'm here, and I know what you're up to. So then shortly after, uh, I think where we're going with this theory is that Rhaegar is taken in. It's, you know, kinslaying's a bad thing, right? But the Mad King says, no, for that, I'm going to command Arthur Dane and, and, and others to take my son into custody and to take him to the Tower of Joy. And there he's going to be imprisoned. Now that throws a uh, a wrench in in the in the plans of this. Uh, what possibly a lot of people believe that it was Robert Baratheon who was coming out of that Southern ambition alliance that like they were going to push Robert Baratheon forward and 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 what have you. But if it were that they were going to help Rhaegar, and Rhaegar was the guy that they were going to push forward and make him the new king, well. The Mad King counters by removing his son, okay? Um, and I don't really know how Lyanna plays into all of it. You know, like, like, why is it that they would want Lyanna to come with them other than, you know, I, I, I think it was like, they, maybe, what was, maybe what happened is that, and I'm trying to think from Lady uh, Kathy's kind of perspective here and how this would work. If you're Brandon and others, right, and you have realized that Rhaegar has been taken and you've gotten word secretly somehow that Rhaegar is not there and you go down and you demand to see him and the way you're demanding that you want to see him is by saying he kidnapped my sister, he took her and he, he has taken my sister and you're demanding to his father, I want to see Rhaegar. Now that's supposing that they know the Mad King has removed their guy that they're pushing forward to sit on the throne. And at that point then, now why does Liana have to even, I mean, maybe she's just, just to keep her in secret. I don't really quite understand that necessarily because the whole driving point too of this, and this is, by the way, you know, Lady Kathy, we're just kind of talking through this because I think it's interesting. You know, and I always like to see if I can make something, you know, work, piece together. Because the the final point, what, one of the more convincing points to her thoughts and theories here are are that, uh, or would be that John, Lyanna's child, is actually born to the Mormonts. That that Lyanna was, 
I'm guessing from what she has said here, is with uh, Jorah Mormont first, right? Or whether he, whether John is a bastard child or John is actually a Mormont. I mean, Liana is not married, as far as as far as I know. Um, the assumption is then that Jorah, when he says that he was married to an unnamed Glover, he's lying to protect the fact that he was with someone. Liana Stark. Uh, and I, I'm hoping she writes us back and tells me whether I'm right or wrong and kind of interpreting what, where she's going with this because there's so many connections to House Mormont believing and thinking that John is significant. And the question of, you know, who is John's uh, father is, is interesting. So, I, you know, I don't know. And I don't know how it plays into the whole, you know, the whole theme of the story, A Song of Ice and Fire, and what how John would be significant, but he's got Longclaw. Um, he's up there with Jor, uh, would be his grandfather, essentially, right? Um, and then he's, they have, the Mormonts have, mysteriously, a Valyrian steel sword. No one knows how in the world they got that and why it's so special, right? Um, yeah, I mean, again, Mage Mormont naming her daughter Lyanna is, is interesting. So, I don't, you know, Sir Matt, I mean, that's that my, my understanding is that like, but, but where, I, where I'm hung up a little bit is why Liana would come with Brandon other than she had this wildness to her. Um, she was, you know, why crown her though at the tourney of Hall? You know, why, why crown Liana at the tourney of Hall? unless that this was all some type of setup. I think I think what she's trying to imply here is that like you crown Liana saying this is who we're going to pretend to kidnap and then she's going to come south and and but she's but she would have to be carrying um Jor Jora excuse me Jora Mormont's child already you know what I mean as Ethan Glover if she were Ethan Glover so it's interesting because the mystery is is that Ethan Glover does survive and does go to the tourney of Harrenhal uh or I'm sorry does go to the Tower of Joy and you're, why, why did the Mad King allow Ethan Glover to live? Is it because Ethan Glover was Lyanna Stark and he decided, you know what, that's the, here, here's, I can, I'm starting to get, starting to catch on here. I'm starting to see what they're up to. And he keeps a woman, you know, hostage and doesn't kill her. I don't know. What are your, what are your overall thoughts, I guess, on it? Well, I guess, you know, here's the thing. Here's the thing I'm trying to look at is um, the point that I really like in this is I do really like the idea of why does John have the Mormont sword. Why does he have, why does he have a Valyrian steel sword that is house Mormont? And then, uh, Liana Mormont, right? The namesake. Yeah. Um, and then we just know that, that, you, you know, the hate, the hatred from Ned, you know, is also something that's, that's, that, that is interesting. So I, I like a lot of that. I think that a lot of that, um, adds up, adds up pretty well. Um, uh, and so I th I think that that's cool. And then Jor Morma is almost like this father figure to um, John, right? And so mm -hmm. yeah, that's some that you know that's something that cool and 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 this connection to um, House Mormont uh, that he does have. And then in the show we see him try to give the sword back uh, to uh, Jorah, and Jorah says no. And mm -hmm. um, you know, could that could that happen in, in the books as well? Yeah, um, but. You know, we don't, uh, we, we don't, we don't, we don't necessarily know. Um, 
So I I I really I really like that uh that aspect of of this because it's it's interesting and you, and those connections to House Mormont I think are are interesting and then we see them in the show um and you know th- this could totally happen as well in the books of Lyanna Mormont being the one really to get John pushed and crowned as king in the north uh I mean, I mean in 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 the show um yeah. and and it could it could go it could go the same way in the books um you know she's the one that says I don't care if he's a bastard Ned yeah. Stark's blood runs through his veins yeah. Um and yeah. he's my king, uh you know I I yeah I, know. I, I, I don't I don't care That's and true. it's Leon and it's and it's it, it it is Liana Mormont, um, that that does that right so that's that's really cool and that and and that's really interesting. Um, where I kind of go though is I guess you know like Longclaw itself. And and we've done we've done an entire um, podcast on this, and we could certainly do another YouTube video on it. Um, Longclaw itself is actually a really interesting Valyrian steel sword, in that it is older than ice, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, we know like somehow, um, you know, it's ice. Ice we know of uh, is let me see here. I'm pretty sure ice is like three hundred years old. I'm um, trying to trying to see the uh, uh, the name on, it. but we, I think we know that um, they they reference they reference Longclaw as being older than gotcha. um, than ice. Yeah, and fifty. Uh, let me see. We know that ice is a legendary. It's it's from the Age of Heroes and predates the current um, sword about four hundred years before King Robert Baratheon's reign. The Valyrian steel great sword uh, was spell forged in Valyria. This is ice. Okay. Um, now Longclaw, I have it, I have it pulled up here as well. Um, uh, Longclaw, it says the Mormons have carried for 500 years. So, um, you know, it says that the Mormons have carried this for 500 years. So that in itself is, is, is kind of interesting. I mean, where I ultimately go on this is I think I go more on the lines of Longclaw is actually Blackfire, and that ties into John being um, a Tar- Targaryen yeah. um, on here. But I do think, like I said, I, I really like the idea of John John's connection to House Mormont in, in this, and, and, the, and the Mormont's connection to the Starks is very... It is it is very interesting and it is very it is very cool uh, in the in the points she brings up here and those are definitely connections I had not thought of necessarily yeah. I just thought Liana is just oh it's just a name but it's like okay wow I mean and she makes a lot of good uh, connections here that that could that could could be true yeah I mean basically we would have to assume that like a lot of the stories and the things we've heard about Liana have been kept secret for for this theory to work um, you would have to you know, Jorah would not be telling us everything. He wouldn't be telling us the truth. He would lie about the name of his, and maybe he's been instructed to, you know, to, to do right. that. He lies, he lies a lot to Daenerys. Um, so yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and maybe he just wasn't a good guy and he's was younger, who, you know, who knows what, but we looked at that, the timeline and, and like, he doesn't have his, his second wife is that's the Lannis port tourney, which is uh two eighty nine, which is li- later after Robert's rebellion, the mm. whole thing. So uh, what I found most interesting was the idea that the Mad King and Varys do pick up on the fact that Rhaegar is trying to 
um, depose him and that they imprison him. And that actually would be maybe why uh, Sir Arthur Dane and, and um, went, you know, I mean, they, they're guarding him. They're actually, because we, we always thought it's odd, right, that how could Rhaegar send two of the king's guard away to guard someone to guard Lyanna Stark? Uh, the Mad King would have to be in on that. Like, they are King's Guard. They are not taking orders from the prince. You know, I mean, and that would be very suspect. Now, what what the counter to that is, is that, well, you do have some royal family members who can kind of order, not order the King's Guard around, but if anybody could, like a prince, would be the one person who, you know, you could you could assign somebody to go wherever, and then the king doesn't know about it. And it, it is, so maybe he does assign Sir Arthur Dane and went there. The Mad King finds out about it and says, I'm sending Hightower and Hightower is going to bring those guys back. And whatever it was that kept Hightower there, we don't know. But um, it does make you question whether or not what we're, what we assume about the tower, uh, about the tower of joy is, is true. Um, If they're, if they're holding Rhaegar prisoner and then people say, well, wait, wasn't he on the Ruby, you know, Ford? What wasn't he there? You know, didn't he die? A lot of people think he was glamored. Could could have been someone else right. who was, you know, and that and, and that theory and and the idea of him being glamored is a theory that's entirely outside of this. Yeah, it's it is. is Rhaegar still alive? Could he be Mance Raider or any of these other people? And um, you know, there's yeah. a reason they call it the Ruby Ford and all this stuff. So I mean, it's like that's already a kind of established theory on its own. But it could, you know, it's like well, here's another reason as to how that could work. So that's not even that far of a stretch at all. Yeah. 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 I just struggle with, um, gosh, I mean, you, yeah, it's just, it's just kind of crazy to think about when, I don't know how crazy we want to get with this, but if, if, um, I always try to take a theory and say, how can I make it work? Right. You know, and Mm -hmm. how, and when I I see this and I, I wish I could, I could just, um, speak to lady Kathy, we can kind of go back and forth a little bit. So we'll we'll get some follow up on this. I, I, I hope, um, because my question would be, well, when you look at the timeline, is it that Liana, posing as Ethan Glover does go down. If there's a connection to house Mormont, it is, it is whatever to make John still a Targaryen. I mean, does, does she go there and is she captured, you know, as Ethan Glover kept by the mad King, you know, and possibly, you know, when does she, when does she start carrying a child? You know, at what, at what point does she start carrying a child? So when this supposed, you know, Ethan Glover goes to the tower of joy, how long, how long is Ethan Glover in, and I say Ethan Glover in quotes, if that's Liana, in King's Landing. You know, that's, I guess, what, what is kind of mysterious about, about the whole yeah. thing. Well, and, and remember that her, her disappearance is simply described as sometime afterwards. That's there's right. No, there's no specific, like, set moment of when she is captured. It's just simply like, well, sometime after that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, for sure. But I guess I do get, like, what, when, I, when I thought about Brandon showing up and pretending that his sister had been kidnapped. I just don't think you'd bring your sister with you into, you know, the dragon's lair. I mean, I, I, I don't mm-hmm. think you would do that. I think, but like if he were going down there to say, I demand to see Rhaegar because they believed that Rhaegar was hidden from them and they, they had lost communication and stuff was, you know, was, was, was bad or whatever. But I don't know. The whole thing is, is that Liana's, kidnapping is is what propels robert to go into this the whole the person we're leaving out of this whole thing is is robert baratheon you know and and why why he would um 
he would have to not be in the know. Or well, I guess he could be. He could be going along with this whole thing and and then he wouldn't actually be betrothed to Liana, you know? Right. So that's 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 kind of where the the hang up I guess is a, a little bit. Right, um, because then the, the other the other the other thing is is that if if at this if at the attorney at Heron Hall is you have her pretending to be Ethan Glover, or I guess no, it's not attorney Heron Hall. Excuse me, it would it would be later. Because I was say now we've got like attorney Heron Hall. You've got her as Ethan Glover and somebody as the Knight of Laughter. That's just a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that would be a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, it does bring up, and I, I, I think the reason we kind of got like, wow, okay, there's some interesting stuff here, is the idea that it could be someone else imprisoned uh, at the Tower of Joy, and that Liana kind of comes along later or shows up there, or whatever, and the idea that there's a strong connection between John and House Mormont, and yeah, why, yeah, the John, the that? John, yeah, the John House Mormont connection is is definitely it's 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 it's, it's very well, interesting. Also, one but, that, more but again, then you have to, you have to assume for that for that. To, I think you do have to assume that Longclaw is just a House Mormont sword, right? Which which I don't. I I I, I don't believe. That. Well, but then also you have to say if John is just a Stark slash Mormont, how does he play into the whole Song of Ice and Fire? Is right. he is he ice? Right. I mean, is does he is he represent just just that? I mean, he's from House Stark. Um, and he's from, you know, Brandon and Eddard's sister. I mean, that, that yeah. would be what, that would be who he is. And then you've got Daenerys working her way. And that's, so you're, you get your song of ice and fire situation uh, uh, being created there. Another great mystery that was, that's kind of touched on here is when Eddard Stark does leave King's Landing and takes Ethan Glover, what was that conversation? Why, why was this guy spared? Why was he spared? And also, why doesn't Eddard Stark, if he's going to... Now, if he's going to release Rhaegar, and you want to keep the fact that Rhaegar is... Maybe Robert is now sitting on the throne, and we know that Robert's Rebellion is happening, and they want to save Rhaegar in, in, in some way, you wouldn't take a mighty host to let everybody know, because Rhaegar was just... Was, was right. supposedly then they would, slain. Then they would be, was supposedly they, slain. Then they would actually be guarding their king, theoretically, at the Tower of Joy. Exactly, they would be guarding their king, type of thing. Yeah, uh, or you know, why also then if if it's Liana there, why doesn't he take a host? Why doesn't why doesn't he take a host of men there with him? Did, did he think really that he could that he and six others or however many it was think that they could take on three of the king's guard? Or did, you know, he had to have some intel on the king's guard members that were there. And again, you go back to Hallen Reed's intervention, which throws a whole other wrench in all of this which is to say i've had green sight and foresight to say that uh we need to safeguard and protect um Rhaegar. which also then helen reed had to have been down at king's landing like or, right. like you know what i mean like for oh, <laughs> where is he is he just meeting up along the way with them i mean it's just so it's, it's such a mystery that i i i think it's fascinating to kind of to think about so there's a lot. There's yeah. there's a lot. So hey, thank you, uh, you know, lady lady Kathy for sending us uh, that that Raven and guys. Let us know. Leave us a comment or shoot us a uh, Raven and tell us what you think uh, about that theory. Yeah. So okay, Ez, um, real quick here. Do you mind if we just talk about something about something else? As, as as I'm just as I'm just doing some, yeah. some some research here. What do you got? We 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 did a whole podcast on this, and it it is a, it is a, it's about Longclaw. I want I want now that I just because I'm looking at the page here, 
Um, so this is this is unscripted, guys. But I just I just kind of want to jump into this. I hope, <laughs> well, I hope most I of hope, our show is unscripted. Uh, <laughs> I hope. I guess. I, I hope. I hope it's okay. Um, so, long claw itself, right? Um, is it's 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 a bast it's it's called a bastard sword or a hand and a half sword, which I had to I had to look that up and see because sometimes it's described one way and sometimes it's described another way, and I think that's because Gur is just trying to bait and switch us. Uh, so I've actually looked it up. So swords, right? You have like a long sword, short sword, yeah. all this stuff. So a bastard sword or a hand and a half sword are the same thing, basically. Okay. They're, 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 they've just they've been called different things over time. So I think in some instances it's called to it's it's referred to as a bastard sword, and other times like the sword I think it is, which is Blackfire, um, is called like a hand and a half, right? So they're so they're so they're different. They're 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 phrased differently, possibly to cause us to, uh, you yeah, know, think think different things. Got it. Um, this was actually, I think, the first theory outside of the sh- thing we ever did, which was what you know, long claw and uh, is is it Blackfire, which a lot of people think um, is, is true. I do think you know it says the Mormons have carried long claw for five hundred years, which is a hundred years longer. Um, then the Starks have had ice, so keep that keep keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, said Lord Jor Mormont gives the blade to his son Jorah when Jor um, joined the Night's Watch. Later, Jorah um, brought dishonor to the house by selling you know poachers to a slaver. However, he had the grace to leave the sword behind when he fled Bear Island. His aunt Mage returns the sword to her brother Jor, who puts it aside in Castle Black and kind of forgets about it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So on the flip side, you have Blackfire, which is a sword um, that you know is 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 controlled by House uh, Targaryen, right? Yeah. Um, and we know that it gets lost. Its whereabouts are just simply missing. Um, the last time the last time we see it um, is Bittersteel has it over yes. over in Essos and that's that's the last that's the last time we see it. There's a lot of people that think it's the same sword and that somehow it just makes its way over to that and that Jor is just simply forgetting about or is um thinking different about the history of the sword itself or there's some kind of there's some kind of shenanigans going on there. Okay. Um because there are interesting questions about it in that why do the Mormons have a sword, a Valyrian steel sword before the Starks? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, a, a, a tiny house right. on like the west side of Westeros <laughs> right. that has like, I mean, it's it's a tiny house. It's like Bear Island is like 50 people. How the heck yes. do they get a Valyrian steel sword before the Starks? Yeah, and that's that's also suspect, right? Because all of this is... You said 500 years, right? If you go back, like the right. Doom of Valyria was what, 400 mm-hmm. years ago or something? Mm-hmm. So you have 300 years ago was Aegon's Conquest. A uh, hundred or so years before that or, or whatever it was is you have the Doom of Valyria. So it means they had that that sword. And maybe they're just talking about its actual age, perhaps. Mm-hmm. You know, right. not, that, not that they've had it. That's the other thing you got to look at is like, when did they come into possession of it versus how old is the actual sword itself? Um if you know, because because Blackfire, we know where it was in 182 AC, so right. it's not like they ha- so the more if that was Blackfire, they can't claim, and if they are, they're lying, right? They're saying, hey, we've had it; it's been in our house for 500 years. What do they actually? Does it say? Um, so with with Longclaw, 
Um, you said 500. Does it say that they had it for 500 years or that it was 500 years old? Um, it says the Mormons have carried Longclaw for 500 years. That's from Game of Thrones chapter 60. So I think that's when Jor is Jor gives it to him and he's telling and he's telling him about it. But I mean, he could say 500 years as a loose number, mm-hmm. but it is it is roughly the only hard number we have on its, um, you know, on on it on its age. Right. I so my, so well, yeah, somebody's lying. I mean, if that theory is true, right? Somebody is is lying, or Jor believes they have had a sword that is Valyrian steel, and it's been swapped out with another bastard sword that is House Blackfire. Um, right. For, yeah. Because they're both they're both guy. they're both bastard swords. Mm-hmm. That's hand and a half. They're they're the same. Like if they are two different swords, they're believed to be roughly the same size. We same don't size. know where we don't know where it is. Um, you know, actually in our next chapter, we will be covering Arya eight today, but in our next chapter, we're talking about, um, Catelyn and, uh, Catelyn brings up the fact of the dire wolves, right? Uh, and that, that all these dire wolves show up and it's to symbolize all of Ned's children. And then there's one other dire wolf that shows up, but, I was kind of thinking about that too. I was like, you know, we keep viewing that as, but John is not Ned's child. So why does John get a dire wolf? You know, sometimes it's like, do we just believe these things happen because they happen in a way that causes us to think the, you know, oh, they're all connected and they're all, the, maybe they're not. Right. Maybe, maybe not, not everything, yeah. maybe everything isn't, isn't, isn't circumstance. Maybe, maybe there are characters that do shady things uh <laughs> that cause us to yeah. believe that they're all, everything is connected and it's all, but it, 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 it could, it it could it could not be right, and then because right. John's wolf is different, maybe you know we've talked the 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 Blood Raven theory that Blood Raven is the one who sent the dire wolves because somehow how do they, how do these dire wolves get beyond the wall right at this at this at this exact moment in time when everything's about to happen and yeah. suddenly the Starks get all of these things right as magic is about to come back I mean so many things happen right, right with the with them getting the wolves it's the first chapter in the entire thing right I mean yeah, so it's right. obvious yeah. it's obviously pretty you know important yeah. it's. It's it's pretty important, but John gets one, and John is not Ned Stark's son, right? So maybe it's really about getting Ghost to John, and the other dire wolves are just to to sell the whole thing because I think it'd be unlikely that John would be able to keep a dire wolf. Um, you know, I'm sure Catelyn, if 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 John, if it was only John who got a wolf, I, I think Catelyn would be like, I don't want, I don't like that wolf, I want it gone. Sure, yeah, John's a bastard. Right, but right, if right. all the kids get them, then it's okay. Well, right, you know, I mean, they do have connections to them and stuff as well. But I mean, Ghost seems way different. And Ghost is really like the only one who lives in the end of the show. So I think it's, I do think it's likely that Ghost survived. Well, Nymeria, but um, mm-hmm. you know, clearly Nymeria might have died. I don't know. We don't know. Yeah, we, it was we a, know. it was a delete. It was a deleted scene, so nobody, yeah. <laughs> nobody has any, has any, uh, right, nobody right. knows. Um, so I mean, you know, if that's the case, then. You do have Blood Raven, you know, manipulating things, doing things, um, and I think it's possible he could have had some hand in a sort of sword switcheroo. Okay, well, or it, or well, future or or Bran, you know, doing doing something. Yeah, for sure. I mean, so here's something else. Like it's uh, we talk about uh, Blood Raven being at one point being Lord Command or being there, right? Was he Lord? Command? Yeah, like uh, he's at the he's at the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So. And the sword's there, a bastard sword. He's a bastard. Uh, he and Bitter still fought over the the whole the whole Blackfire Rebellion is all over the Blackfire you know sword, 
it's lost. B- Bitter Steel, I mean, there's there's rumors that like it might have been taken from him when he was captured and on his way to the wall, uh, right. and that it might have been taken by Black Brothers there and then kept at the wall. Uh, and, and that's, you know, crazy. But now the other thing I, w- I, w- I want to kind of highlight is why in the world would, would uh, G.R. Mor- Mormont change the... That's a big the gift. Pop. That's a big gift for, for, for Jon Snow. You know what I mean? That's a, it's, a, mm-hmm. it's one thing just to say, hey, carry this sword, but let me also change change its appearance and make it look like something that would kind of honor Changes. you and be real specific to you and take the... That's his house sword. It's been in his house for 500 years. Right. Someone's they changed, lying. They changed the pommel. Yeah, changed so, the pommel. Someone is lying to us. I mean, 100% lying to us about this, and he just happened to have it. I don't know if other people talk about him having it beforehand or if he just knew to keep this in for safekeeping or like it, it it's completely kind of a mystery it just doesn't make sense that he would that he would do that you know he would give up their house sword and change it completely because there are other people from house mormont who could you know carry that sword they they uh what's what's her name daisy mormont and leanna mormont and so on um they're warrior like individuals who who use swords and who go and fight i mean one of them's in uh, Rob's honor guard. So, yeah, I don't know why you would. Um, I don't know why you would do that. I mean, it just. Uh, and you just met him. You know, you you just you just met Jon Snow. Like, yeah, he's a and good you kid. Give, and and you, yeah, it's like it's like, hey, you saved my life. Here's a Valyrian steel sword. You know these things. Right. Even it's it's like it's like you're up there and you're gonna go command against Mance Raider. I think you're gonna want and the Wildlings. I think you're gonna want like the best As sword Lord commander. You can, you're gonna want it. Basically, you're you're gonna say, yeah. I, I get the whole the whole idea. The the backstory on it is that well, this was my son's. It reminds me of him, and it reminds me of like our house and what we've lost and. Things like that, and so that's the story. Is that this is why why it works? This is why he would want to give it up, you know. Um, but yeah, it's just a lot, and it's just it's a lot to think that it would be changed in in that way. Uh yeah, I don't know, man. I'm I'm with you on that. It's suspicious, right? And right, because yeah, so so Blackfire, but Blackfire by comparison, the last time we see it, right? It's it 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 just kind of goes missing, right? We know that. Um, uh, you know, Brennan River, uh, or excuse me, Bittersteel has it. Um, and he, you know, he, he refuses to give it to Damon the second, right? Uh, because yeah. he, because he feels like he's not he, worthy you know, of he's, it. He, yeah. He's, yeah, he's, he's not worthy of it. So, um, you have that. Uh, then if you want to go down some really serious rabbit holes, uh, maybe we don't have to do this right the second, but the other House Targaryen, uh, Valyrian Steel Sword. Which was wielded by Bloodraven, uh, yeah. the last person we knew to have it, Dark Sister. People think is in the uh, cave, and oh, yeah. Mira. It's is that Mira is going to use it, and some people believe that Mira is John's sister. So yeah. <laughs> interesting there that she would have the sword, Dark Sister, and may <laughs> yeah, also yeah. be John's sister, right? Because they look alike, same age. Right. Maybe there's twins. You want to go right. down that 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 route as well. Um, that one I, I I don't I I'm I'm not as as uh you, you know wow. believer on but uh, yeah, it does yeah. it does yeah. it does it does just uh it does you know it just gets gets you going yeah well so, so hey this stuff is kind of coming back to me because like I remember we had a conversation about there is no way that uh, bitter steel or blood raven or the Starks would say you know what all right we've just acquired Blackfire 
and what we're going to do, especially at the time of its dis- at the time of its disappearance, House Mormont means nothing to House Blackfire or the Targaryens or to anybody. There's no way you would stash it over there for safekeeping. Um, so more likely, Bloodraven does. If it is, I'm saying if it is Blackfire, right? The the likelihood is that it is a sword that has just been at Castle Black since Bloodraven went missing. Mm-hmm. You know, since he because he's a Targaryen, right? Aemon Targaryens there. The whole the whole thing. The Ravens' teeth are all up there. Bunch of freaking Targaryen. You know, loyalists are there. You have a whole faction of people that are up there that were loyal supporters and they're safeguarding a freaking sword. You know, like like the the Blackfire sword, but they're calling it whatever. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. There, w- it was not a a bearhead pummel or whatever. It was a dragon. You know, whatever. Wh- how how is exactly how, how is black? I think it's a ruby, right? Isn't it? Like, how's it right, described? Yep. Right. Yeah, but that. But what's yeah? But what's to say that that does that doesn't change over time? And you know, all all of all of these yeah. things. Well, hold on a second. Blackfire has a freaking ruby on it. Well, there you go. Yeah, well, <laughs> now, this is all. Now this is all. You know, <laughs> freaking glamorous city over here. What's going on? I mean. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. I just think, yeah, the, v- very interesting and stuff. I, I hope we get more, you know, gener- every once in a while, I'm going to bring these conversations back up and, ha- and generate some more thoughts and, and uh, feedback from our listeners and get some more Raven, some more comments on YouTube. See what you guys think, you know? Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. Hey, as uh, head on over to the Maester study. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go. To the, so we're going to the Maester study here, and this is a quick one today. Uh, essentially, we're going to set you guys up for what is going to be a, a series moving forward. Um, Matt and I have decided to kind of take our Maester study and in the podcast start to go over the beginnings of what we think is going to be the House of the Dragon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, there are, I think people think, uh, okay, look guys, there's, you know, we have the text, we can go to fire and blood, we can go to a world of ice and fire and, and you can look at these things. There are still things to theorize inside of what there's so many holes and so many gaps, you know, I mean, Sir Kristen Cole is someone who I think about like, which side was he really on, you know, and then who, who did he really love? I mean, who was it that was pulling his strings? Uh, so those are questions that we can talk about and theorize. I think the show Things that are that are open and left up for interpretation that we can still question. I think I think the show is going to shed some light on that and is going to use that in a in a dramatic way. So we're going to start to kind of pull out um, various topics like why was the Council of 101 AC significant uh, to the Dance Dragons? You know, um, it's it's really it's it sets up everything. I mean, it's it's the start to it all. And then from there, we can start to kind of get familiar with the various houses, you know, the significance of House Valerion. I mean, after uh, once the Targaryens are kind of, you know, moved out of power or <clears throat> towards the end of their reign, what happens to that freaking house? You know what I mean? Like, why don't we hear more about it? It's, it's a really significant um, house, it, but I, I don't know. It was a big player back in the day, and it's not in the main series. So we're going to go over that house strong. There are a bunch of theories uh, surrounding how strong. And so that's the kind of thing we're, we're thinking about shifting our focus towards in the Maester study. And I think it'll be really good. You know, just kind of, uh, you know, topics and characters. So that really opens it up to if, if you guys have thoughts on Fire and Blood or a World of Ice and Fire and you want us to talk about something, or you want to focus on something, or you want to send a Raven in, we will go over that in the Maester study. It's kind of a look back at those histories to help us get ready for... Um, House of the Dragon speculation. 
Yeah, yeah, I've, yeah. House of the Dragons probably coming um, 2022. I think is what it's is what they're uh, saying um, more and 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 more about it. Um, so you know HBO Max, uh, they're they're beginning to kind of kind of push it uh, a lot. Uh, and so I mean, if they just gave what's his name um, Zack Snyder seventy million dollars to finish uh, to do Justice League the way he wants, you had better believe. That they are that they're going to be giving uh, yeah. <laughs> the 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 next the sequel to the you know the the most critically acclaimed TV show in history, uh, you know a big budget. Yeah, you better you better believe oh, yeah. that House of the Dragon is going to be huge. Huge. So huge. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, and and it's it's all going to be from what, everything we know right now. Right, it's all going to be about the dance of the dragons, which I think again is the I think that's a better place to go than the Long Night um for 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 a prequel series it'll feel more like game of thrones and it's way more brutal it's way more political backstabbing there's less even though there are dragons there's actually less kind of magic involved because there's there's less the waiting for that impending doom which is the white walkers and azor high and how that all ties in this is just straight political war uh is 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 going to be and there's gonna be a lot of really cool characters um you know Damon Targaryen is going to be awesome. Uh, Princess Rhaenyra, the greens and the blacks, Mushroom. Uh, you know, there's so many, so many, so many characters uh, to dive into, and I think I think the show is going to be good. And I think that uh, diving into these characters and seeing them on screen is going to be really good. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. It's going to be massive. It's going to be huge. And I really, I, I honestly believe. Uh, for those of you that have read Fire and Blood and kind of understand that time period and that and those histories, you'll know that it's it's just suggested, it's just hinted at, uh, like this relationship between Damon and uh, Viserys, right? What really went down? I mean, like like to see Damon Targaryen in a tavern somewhere, straight up just talking smack about his brother. I mean, like we don't get direct stuff like that. You know, we we do get him in his cups a few times, but like to really go over how ticked he was and to really see it, you know, like to, to, to bring it to life, I, th- I think it's going to be interesting. And so, uh, and there, there's some trickery. There's some stuff with the fools in the court and, and which side are they on? Which story are they going to tell? Are they going to focus on mushrooms perspective or somebody else's perspective? You know what I mean? Like it, that's, that's important. We, we actually, so many times in Fire and Blood, in A World of Ice and Fire, you get varying perspectives. Some people believed it was this, and some people believed it was that. So it's truly something that you can speculate on still and try to try to get to the bottom of, because a lot of that was like royal family business that was secret, that now we, the audience, are going to get like, um, you know, we're going to get to look behind the curtain uh, and, and see what happened. And that's going to be entertaining for us. We have the outline, but how we got to those points, I think, is going to be interesting i mean it's it's sort of like i'll give you an example that won't be in the show but if you looked at like um uh, what was it is, is it make or the cruel right there's a mystery mm-hmm. surrounding like who killed him right and, and we never know we can speculate right now but if you had a tv show that like like the most unexpected person like we don't think it's this person and then in the show dramatically boom you know there he or she is and you're like who is what you know i mean like I think that's what's going to be neat about this show, and there's there's just a lot that they can do, and so we're going to kind of take it character by character. We're going to look at, at some uh, major characters, and then we're going to look at some minor characters as well. So, just wanted to kind of prep everybody for that and and kind of get ready. We've been talking about 
uh, more of the minor characters in the series as we go along. But not every chapter do we have that situation. So we are going to, you know, just kind of shift. And, and honestly, we think it's going to be good for the podcast. And it's to be good for you guys to, to have a refresher on that and start to get hyped for that show. So, yes, absolutely. Um, okay, as we move into the to the reread here. Yep, absolutely. Okay, so um, this is Arya 8. Last time we were with Arya, she was working, uh, you know, at the Wailing Tower doing the chores. Uh, and Sir Armory Lork arrives, uh, Jack and Agar, Rorg, and Biter. Arya thinks Jacken has not seen her, but he interrupts her sleep that night to tell her that he will kill three men for her uh, for saving him. Uh, she avoids Jacken for a while, but after hearing a story about Chiswick, she whispers Chiswick's name in Jacken's ear. In several days, he falls to his death. So this time in Arya A, Tywin's host is leaving Harrenhal. Arya has been kept busy delivering messages for Whis, and she wants to find Jacken before he leaves. She finally finds him and gives him Whis's name. Uh, as she watches Tywin Lannister leave, she realizes that she has been targeting the wrong people and she should have picked people who matter. She goes in search of Jacken, but finds Weese's dead body first. So, um, this chapter is actually, it's a, actually actually kind of a a, a shorter chapter cap chapter, mm-hmm. uh, um, and. Um, you know, she is she's working for Weiss and you're really start. She's thinking maybe I can escape. Right. But then she's kind of remembering what Weiss had said he would do to anybody that, uh, you know, that 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 tries to escape. Um, and it's I mean, it's he's a bad guy. Yes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's, yeah, yeah. he's he, he he is a bad guy. Yeah. I mean, essentially, he uh, you know, he hits her. Um, he abuses her by the way he talks to her, by the way he he hits her and disciplines her. Um always expecting more. He says he's going to share some special food with her if she does X, Y, and Z. And then he just totally, no, he's not, he's not going to do that. And this is one of those things where when George talks about writing from a child's perspective, you know, or a young person's perspective, um, he's found it difficult and, but also at the same time, you know, challenging, I guess challenging is probably, probably the best word for that. Um, because Aria is, you you ask the question, why Chiswick? Why Weiss? And immediately after Weiss, she will think, why did I do that? You know? Mm-hmm. And it's because the direct, both of these characters have directly, you know, they've hit her or they have, and, and they're also most recent. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's like a lot of times in a, in a child's mind, it's, it, we're not thinking years back or what we're thinking like, no, what happened right now? What happened? What's happening right now in my life or just a few days past? And how is that affecting them that, you know, to think all the way back, it's just not always on her mind. Although she has her prayer where she's always thinking back to this major, major event um, where they killed her father and she has all their names listed off in her prayer list. But uh, yeah, it really comes down to these, these individuals are hurting her now in the moment and they hurt her friends. And so she wants revenge now. That's what she uses Jackin for. Um, God, you wish she had a little bit more advice. I mean, I think we always the big what if in, in these chapters with Arya is man. What, what if, what if she, she picked Cersei? Yeah, yeah. What if she couldn't? Can Jack and do that? And I think it's genius because you want us to believe that Jack and can do all these crazy things, but the faceless men—they're not invincible. And I think sometimes I and, and and maybe even the fandom 
because of Jack and because we we see what he does, we think he's she's just ep- he's just epic. I mean, there's there's nothing. But like, if Arya is being trained by the Faceless Man, lit, like lit, later on, she, at some point there's levels, right? They're not all uh, maybe as skilled as each other, and there's there's a bit of magic involved, and there's there's deception and things, but they can be found out. I mean, they're they're good, but they're was it the wasn't it the 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 the, um, the assassination tip on Danny the sorrowful mm-hmm. men right or the sorrowful mm-hmm. man yep. who like supposedly they you know they always kind of land their mark and Barris and Selmy and those guys are like I don't think so um so yeah, yeah. and and the, I, there's 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 two kind of things right one one is well if the faceless man can just kill anybody why don't why doesn't everybody just hire the faceless man to get rid of whoever it is that they want killed. Um, and we hear about that, or you know, earlier, right? Um, is that well, it's probably ridiculously expensive, uh, and yeah. not everyone can, you know, can can afford necessarily to to kill somebody because it's like, you know, if you're somebody as rich as say Tywin Lannister, why don't you why aren't you just hiring faceless men to kill anybody that opposes you? Um, you, you know, it's like, it, why don't they just hire a faceless man to kill Rob Stark? Well, maybe it's because we can just beat him. But if you once you start losing and losing, you know, I guess maybe it's why why don't you just do that? And so I think you know, there's a couple of reasons. The obvious one is that it would just be too easy, right? It's like why don't the eagles just carry? Why don't the eagles just carry the ring to Mordor? As right, I mean, because that's right, just too, exactly. You know what I mean? It's like it's too, it's, it's like too easy, it's, man. It's it's too easy, right? It would, def- it would defeat the entire purpose of of the story. Uh, yeah. And that's, that's also like, so Jack, I mean, that's exactly what Arya does here is, is we're not going to pick Cersei and these other individuals. Um, although you're on later on, I mean, they, they are epic in what they can do. Like you want that done, done. I mean, I like, like if you name that person, I can do it. Uh, her third name, uh, will be interesting, you know? And, and so like, like Arya's like the end here with, with Jack and where he goes from here is, is fascinating. So we know that he has abilities and powers and he is epic and we we don't know what's going on at you know in old town and what that faceless uh man is up to but so we do know that that they are legit the same way that i'm going to bring this group up here the sorrowful men are an ancient guild of assassins operating in the city of karth uh each time they kill somebody they say i am so sorry right to their victims we don't know when they're founded but i just i guess i just like to kind of point out that they're not uh, I don't know. You know, they're they're George is rooted in uh, things being realistic as well, too. So, because I've kind of built up, well, they can do anything. They can they can beat anybody. And when magic gets involved, you know, they're they're going to be next level. But they have to have limitations, and uh, and they do. But um, you know, it's just we don't we don't want to see that yet. So that's why Jackin is only killing off some of these individuals that anybody she could have asked. You know. Uh, Gendry could have walked up to some of these guys and, and, and killed these individuals. Really? I mean, if, if, if you're looking at it like that later on, Arya will escape from Hall and she kills a guard, a guard, you know what I mean? Walks up behind him, slits his throat and you uses, you know, trickery and basically, uh, pulls some serial Pharrell slash faceless men maneuvers and kills that individual and gets out of there. So it's to show us that there's a confidence behind these guys he can say this and then execute it. You know, I can do this thing and then boom, I will do it. And then Dunzo. So we start to, as the reader, build these guys up. And that's, I guess what I'm trying to say is that 
That's what George wants us to do is build these guys up to where they're on stop. They're, they're, they're something else, right? And Arya's going to go learn from them, and that's, that's epic. But, you know, there's limits. So Yeah. Yeah, and, I mean, you know, the, the question can be raised. Does Jacket get captured on purpose, or does he just get captured? Right. Right. I mean, yeah. right. I mean, some, some people say, oh, he was captured on purpose, so he could be right there at the right time and everything. But it could also just simply be coincidence. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, and I, I, every time we bring up an Arya chapter and we're talking about Jack, and I think this is the last, well, yeah, just a couple more, and then we can move on past the Arya Jack and conversations. But, um, well, for, for a book or two. For, yeah, for a little bit. Um, but it's like, you know, the, I mean, where was he headed? We talked about this with Amanda um, just on our last week's episode. We were talking just briefly about where was he headed, and she even had kind of mentioned that there's this idea that a faceless man is at the Citadel trying to steal a book, you know, how to kill dragons. Not how to train them, but how to kill them. And if that is Jacken, why in the world would he be with the Night's Watch heading, heading, heading there? Other than with the, I like to believe that it's to go to Castle Black, and they've got books that are older than, or scrolls and what have you, and so he's going there to get that information versus going to the Citadel. It's easier to go to Castle Black than it is to, it's longer um, but to infiltrate it is is easier. Clearly, we can see in Old Town what a faceless man has to do to infiltrate uh, that place, and it, it he's going through more steps and more uh, hoops, if you will. It's more guarded in secrecy. But yeah, I mean the whole uh, the big takeaway from this is you're hearing rumors, right? She's also hearing rumors about Rob, and she's learning that um, he's doing well, and the and the, his legend is growing. He's winning these battles. Uh, men are talking about running away and she thinks, yeah, you should, you should run away. My brother's going to come here and he's going to kill you. Um, at one point she even thinks, should she go to Tywin and say, I'm Arya Stark? Should she let people know? Would that, right. Now with Tywin being there, I think it's more of like, oh, maybe that would work. Uh, the mountain would have, the mountain doesn't care at all. If you draw attention to yourself under the mountain's nose, you're gonzo. You're done. But Tywin, maybe there's a chance. Like he might say, well, maybe she is. Let's hold on to her for a little bit and let's see. It might save her in, in some way. But thankfully, she didn't, um, you know, do that. And yeah, so so there's that. She's not cupbearer yet, right? That, that, that will be for Roos uh, later on. But Tywin is there trying to straighten things out. They bring in different folks to kind of bring some order to Heron Hall. And, you know, it, the, but this whole thing is just basically about rumors gossip what's being heard we're learning that Arya can sneak around a lot of foreshadowing to the idea that she is a mouse that she is something different now right so she can she's always changing into different animals or shifting uh probably because you know she's a skin changer right and and that, she's yeah. she got <laughs> powers yeah. yeah uh so you know she wears different faces um, but yeah, so she's hearing all these different things, learning a lot of, uh, about the, about the, the events that are going on. We're learning about Heron Hall too, and what a scary place it is, the lore, the legends behind it. And I guess that's, it's, it's more of a, uh, it's just kind of a, I don't know. It feels like we're in like, not, I don't want to say not a lot happens because you definitely, this whole thing with, with each chapter, she's naming someone like Jack and his character is building through Arya and the whole faceless men plot line is building through this as well. Euron's going to use one later on. It's been hinted at, you know, using one against Danny. And so they, and then we're get, we have this whole thing 
where Arya will go there later on. So I think that's really what it what this is for. And then just to explain, it's kind of interesting to see to go root for Rob Stark, right? And then to hear Tywin and and his men talk about what they're feeling and dealing with in regards to Rob. So yeah, yeah, yeah I'm I'm with you. I'm with you on this. This is this is more of a Jackin chapter, really, uh, and 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 beginning to build him up and the faceless men up through these Arya chapters. And it's also along the way, um, Arya is kind of like acquiring skills, right? Arya, Arya, that's the thing I love about Arya's chapters is because she has she has all of these different teachers, right? I mean, everybody has everybody has different teachers along the way. You know, John has. Jor Mormont, and then well, he kind of has Tyrion, and then uh, Jor Mormont, Donald Noy a little bit, Maester Aemon, um, and then you know like Mance Raider and, and Stannis, right? Those are the kind of people that are like teaching John all of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then Arya, it's obviously you know Syria Pharrell is a big one, and then we go to Jacken, and then we'll go to the Hound, and then we kind of go back to Jacken. Um, and so uh, it's just it's just it's interesting to see her, you know, who these characters run into and who who causes them to kind of change uh, who they are, who they are over, uh, you know, uh, along the way. Can I just ask a question? I want to ask a question here. Uh, but you know, I, I agree with that. Yeah, it's it's. I think we're both on the same page and what the the purpose for this chapter and what it's what it's used for and everything but it does cause us to start thinking about these faceless men i just put up their page and i'm thinking about them first of all they're only 400 years old right or i'm sorry no they're like 700 years old they are um around the doom of valeria no wait yeah they're that wouldn't be that old would they let's see well the 400 years old is as old as ice yeah 400 years before Aegon conquered. So there we go. 400 years before Aegon conquered would make them like 700 years old. There we go. So I was, yeah, yeah. So, okay. So, 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 I mean, you know, they're, they're old and it's, it has, it, there's ties to Valeria and stuff. But I guess my thing is, like, are they really using magic to bind these faces to their face? You know, we talk about like there's the blood and all that kind of stuff. I think it's it's interesting that like the strength and magic comes back stronger and more people can kind of tap into it and use it in the series. But yet it has always been there. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I mean it's it's there in the beginning with Danny's in the Danny chapters when blood magic is used with Cal Drogo, and uh, these faceless men have been using it to apply these masks so it's like they know a portion it's it's almost it's weird it's like blood magic is this thing right that you can use in essos and westeros but like certain groups know how to use it in certain ways or they do use it in certain ways does that make sense like the faces men are using a type of blood magic to apply faces um you know and then other groups like miramazdor are using it to god knows what was going on seriously uh, in that tent i mean <laughs> i don't know you know that's that's some crazy stuff. Uh, so, so yeah, there. It, I don't know. That's like I don't know. Like Melisandre using blood to to light a sword and and stuff. I mean, uh, and then you've got the the fire whites and the cold whites and blood sacrifice and it just it's interesting to see. But they're only using it. I I, I brought that up just because it's like when you think about well, magic it it, it go it leaves the world. It doesn't fully leave the world. People are still using it. Um. It's just that the, the dragons do maybe amplify it. It's what Quaith kind of says, right? Is that, is that that red priest or whoever it was, um, I don't know if he was a red priest or not, but he, could, he was climbing that fiery ladder. And, uh, you know, 
a year a year gone, he wouldn't have been able to do that. Euron's power seemed to be amplified, but yet there is still power and magic in these worlds. I guess as is my point. So yeah, no, hey, yeah, I'm 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 with you, as because everyone it does seem like everyone has been using magic. Everyone's like, well, when the dragons left, magic left. No, I think when the dragons left, people just say, oh well. That was a big part less, of it. It's a big portion. It's of a big. It. Yeah. It's, it's a big part of it, and it's it's less something that you can see every day. I don't think yeah. it means that magic is gone. It just means that what you see of magic is 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 gone. I mean, even leaf even leaf describes like walking among men and stuff like that. But I think now, if a child in the forest shows up, everyone's like, "Oh my god, what the heck is that thing?" Right. But yeah. you know, when, when you when you when you just happen to see them more frequently, because right. you know, I mean, the uh, the. The wildlings, for them, it's like this is, we see this every day, right? And right, right. Giants yeah. and White Walkers and all this stuff. They, they and every uh, shadow cats and all that stuff. It's like no magic's here. Uh, I mean, and we I've, want nothing yeah, to be. Yeah. We want nothing to do with it. Yeah. Well, it kind of reminds me of like Loyal in the Wheel of Time series, right? He's this O gear that shows up, and you're like, what is this thing? Is he a trollic? Uh, so it's right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Interesting, interesting thing. You know, and actually, you brought up the wildlings. Um, well, it, you know, core and half hand. By the way, when you were talking about the the bastard sword and it being half a hand, I immediately yeah. thought of core and core and half hand and I, yeah. <laughs> connections and stuff. Um, but uh, when he says that the old powers are waking, I mean, you know, there. I think there is something to the fact that like an asteroid, like whether the meteor or, or if there's something in the energy right. that's surrounding this, you know, Essos, Westeros, the planet that it could be amplified in some way by whether it's the comet or, or if it's the dragons or, or whatever, because I do think there is something to the powers waking and stirring. Um, right. But yeah. Well, it's like, it's like the dire wolves, right? I mean, people are like, oh, the dire wolves haven't been south of here for who knows how long. And then, then they're suddenly there. And I think everyone's like, okay, well, that's a freaking dire wolf, right? I mean, yeah, they're, yeah, you know, yeah. they're, they, yeah. they start, they start to believe it a little bit, you know, once you've seen it, it's just like people who've never seen the wall, they hear about it, but then you go and see it and it's like, oh my God, this thing is enormous. All right. I mean, so right. there's a lot of, there's a lot of these things, but people just have never seen them. So they don't, they don't know what to believe. Right. It seems over in Esso, in Essos, I mean, the warlocks and stuff like that. I mean, there's a Danny chapter coming up in which um, Zaro uh, Zaro is talking to Danny, and he's talking about how you don't want to trust the warlocks because they drink, you know, they they drink the stuff that makes their lips yeah, blue the, and all this stuff, yeah. and they're like, stay away from them. So, I mean, they clearly believe that they're doing some kind of magic. Yeah, and that's interesting, right? So, I, I eventually want to do if if anyone listened to our last episode with uh, Amanda uh, Crowfood's daughter. I definitely want to want to look into all the things that, that she brought up because the warlocks were part of that conversation. We were looking at Euron and some stuff there and, and just the power and the magic and its origins in this world and how it's kind of coming back is, I think, you know, pretty, pretty interesting. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, so. I don't know, this 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 this, uh, this chapter was more to kind of build up one of those factions. Right. I mean, that's really what it is. And um, yeah. So, absolutely. All right, guys. Well, hey, that uh, is kind of it for us today. Uh, as do we have anything else here as we before we close up shop? No, um, I think I think another thing we want to do later on. So Lady Kathy, we're going to come back to some of um, she had some bonus sort of Lemon Gate uh, slash uh, another Rickard Stark uh, burning in a cage similar to Mance Raider burning in a cage. Uh, well, Mance Raider. Right. I mean, rattle shirt, you know, 
fully armored. So I think we we, we uh, want to come back to those theories at some point and, and talk about those. That would be that would be pretty neat. And then we definitely have more ravens uh, that we want to go over in the future. But next time, I think we're gonna we're gonna go into more of those fire and blood, house of the dragon stuff in our maester study, and then we have a you know a few more really good ravens and topics and 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 some follow up from from like I said that episode. I I want to get into uh, the shade of the evening and these drinks, these drinks that individuals are, are when they drink it, they're opening their third eye or their sight in some way is enhanced or they can see more things. The connection between werewoods and, and that, um, the Blackwoods, I thought that was interesting, you know? So yeah, she, she definitely brought us into a new territory and I think more things for us to kind of go speculate and, and look into the histories are what are just fa- that's yeah that's a, i mean I, that's a big part of what she looks into so yeah i did i did a, i did a little patreon thing i i really got to go dive more into that the blood bloodstone emperor and yeah. all of this stuff and just how how involved is essos and a lot of these things about um i don't know in the danny chapter we're going to read not next week but the but the following danny's talking about with quaith about do i need to go to what i think she wants me to go to a shy is right. Danny is da- is Danny gonna go? And so it's like, well, I mean, so who knows, man? I mean, right? If we if we go over there, that could open a lot of doors to a lot of. Yes, it could. Yeah, a lot of different. That's like a, a Howland Reed situation. Of, like, do you go there? I don't know if we go there. Do you, to a lot to a lot of different things. So, guys, yeah. we will see. But uh, all right, guys. With that, we want to thank you for playing the Game of Thrones. In our next episode, we will be discussing Chapter Thirty Nine, Catelyn Five of A Clash of Kings. Absolutely. And uh, don't forget to to check out the YouTube. We do have the video version of that podcast over there. I just released that uh, as we're recording today on Sunday, uh, October 25th. So that's up so you guys can check that out. And subscribing over there really does help the channel. Uh, Liking and all that good stuff is great. And we have more Patreon content coming coming very soon. So uh, if you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, leave a comment, or send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com. We will see you in a week. And remember that winter is coming.